Hey, fellow community, welcome to the Philo Podcast. We got another good one for you today. And if you're new, our goal is to help you become more effective so that your church can become more effective. And that's not just our goal for the podcast, but for everything we do, whether it's Philo Cohorts or our book, I Love Jesus, But I Hate Christmas, or the Philo Conference coming up in May, all of it. And even as we dream about ways we can help our community in the future, all of it gets measured against this one objective. And so when our team develops a Christmas playlist in the summer, it's not just because we love Christmas music, although we do, but we're just trying to help you get in the Christmas spirit as early as possible so that you make a plan for the best service possible. And on a side note, if you started planning your Christmas, you should also take a few moments to plan your personal life for November and December right now. Now I'm with you, you can't know everything that will come up at the last minute, but I guarantee that if you don't put something on the calendar now, it won't. Yeah, it won't make it on there. It won't happen. And this was reminding me about Christmas back in 2001. This idea really came into clear focus for me. I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan. I've read the book so many times, I've lost count. And so when the movies were coming out in 2001, I was like, I'm going to see these movies opening night, which I'm not really an opening night kind of a person, but I'm like, I'm going. And the trouble is they're right in the middle of Christmas rehearsals. So we would normally go till midnight or one o'clock with rehearsals and then stay late to finish up or program lights or whatever. But I was like, on this night, I don't care what we're doing. I don't care how much work needs to happen. I'm going to this thing. So I told my boss and my team, and I basically said, I don't care what we're doing, but at 11.45, I'm leaving and I'm going to the movie theater. And you know what? Because there was a plan and we planned accordingly, we went and nothing bad happened. I don't think our Christmas services were any less good because we went to the movies one night. And the best part is that it kind of became a tradition for our team that on one night, you know, during the Christmas rehearsal run, we would stop and go to the opening night of the newest Lord of the Rings movie. And I think one time we even had almost the entire theater to ourselves. So just amazing what making a plan for yourself can potentially turn into. And so if you make a plan ahead of time, you'll end up working around it. So do it, do it now, do it early. Talking to myself also, I think you'll appreciate it. Your family will appreciate it. And believe it or not, your church will appreciate it. I think making time for yourself helps you to last for the long haul, not just in urgency mode all the time, but making time for yourself is so important. And I think this is true whether you're on staff or you're volunteering. And I would argue those of you who are volunteering, you're doing it because you're passionate about the local church and technology. And so it's very easy to say yes to too many things and to feel like Christmas is all on your back. And I would just tell you, making time for yourself in November and December is critical for you also. So make a plan now to take time to take care of yourself this Christmas. Now let's get to today's podcast. I'm really pleased to be joined by a couple of friends who are passionate about the community of local church technical artists. Johan and Alban, they're from Sweden. And they put all their free time into creating community for fellow technical artists. Uh, they're like the Scandinavian Philo, but called Swedish gurus. And on a personal note, I had an amazing time just being with them on this podcast, but I think you'll really enjoy our conversation. So let's get into it. We have Alban and Jan from Swedish Gurus, all the way from Sweden, talking to us. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Why don't we start with just, I think uh, my first memory is meeting you both at Gurus of Tech 2013. In Chicago. Yeah, in Chicago. And it was the the event was over. And yeah. yeah, you guys came up and were just sharing all the things that you're doing in Sweden and invited me to come be a part of the next event that you guys were doing. That was, yeah, very cool uh, moment. And then did I come in 2013? 
later that year? Uh, was it 13? No, it, I, it, I was think it was 14. Year after 14. It was yeah. like two weeks yeah. after you quit. 14. Oh, yeah, it was like the <laughs> week right. after you quit uh, Willow. Yeah, right. Okay. Because <laughs> I remember you were nervous about that. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I don't, I, can I, I didn't even know what I was going to be doing. So I figured, you know, flying to Sweden was as good as anything. So exactly. Yeah, we had such a great time. Uh, but yeah. before we get too much into the, the weeds on that, Alvin, why don't you start just kind of like, Tell us who you are, what you do, and kind of, I don't know how you both want to kind of share the Swedish guru's story, but why don't we just start with kind of your part and then, Johan, you can introduce yourself. Yeah, sure. So the Swedish pronunciation is Albin Söderström. I don't think everyone's <laughs> going to get that, but it's okay. I'm a part of the leadership for uh, Swedish gurus. Uh, me and Johan and a couple of other guys started it more than 10 years ago, actually. I've been doing church tech not sound. I, I was a graphics operator for a couple of years before that. Me and Johan actually started a, a youth ministry back in 2002, I think, where I started doing a bit of graphics and that. From the beginning in, in that ministry, I was more of the preacher kind of guy. So I'm from, I'm from that side of, of church ministry. Okay. But then later on, I started doing worship texts was just white text on black background, but timing and, and everything that comes with that. It was before ProPresenter. We started doing using ProPresenter like in, in 13, I think. Okay. What were you using before? Our first program was called Worship Him. Okay. I think. And then we used Easy Worship for a couple of years uh, when we wanted to do uh, like motion backgrounds and, and okay. switch uh, images and, and all that. Then we, we, we built a rig with four projectors on the main stage. And ProPresenter, I think it was the first version of ProPresenter for PC. Okay. And it was actually the only program that could make it happen. So both me and Joe are kind of PC guys. Let's just not get further into that. <laughs> 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 so the ProPresenter was never really an option for us. But when the, when the PC version came out, ProPresenter 5, I think. That sounds right, yeah. We tried it and we we got it to work with a an old Matrox card that had four like VGA outputs if you bought a special <laughs> adapter cable or something. Uh-huh. It was really homemade, but we were we were in a budget, so we had to make do with with that. <laughs> it was a great I can I can still remember when we sat in Johan's living room like six uh, different computer screens attached to a computer tried to <laughs> see if we could make this happen or not. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, it was great. So that that's kind of my background. I'm, I'm part of the leadership in my church. Okay. Uh, I preach uh, maybe once a month or so. And then when I'm not doing that, I'm running... Well, now I'm running sound and I'm running lighting and I'm doing graphics and, and all that because Johan kind of moved away from our church, so okay. I have to fill in. <laughs> Those are big Sorry. shoes to, to, to fill in. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I had to I had to learn a bit of audio, uh, a bit of lighting, and so Philo's been great. I usually try to go attend uh, breakouts where things I'm not I'm not comfortable doing. So I need right, to learn right. new stuff. Try try to fit in a couple of that kind of breakouts. Yeah, nice. So Johan, why don't you kind of tell us who you are and your story? Yeah. So my name is Johan Gustafsson as we say it in Swedish. Mm -hmm. I've done church tech since I was like 10 or 
11 or something. So that's mm -hmm. a long time ago without saying how old I am. <laughs> but I've, I've done it a really long time. I started at the soundboard doing that for a, a lot of years. And when we started the youth ministry, me and Albin, uh, I started doing lighting and a little bit of graphics uh, because we had other people doing sound at that point. For context, this is, this is a really small church. We have, I don't know how many attendees we had at that time, but under a hundred. Okay. So starting a youth ministry with 30 kids was a huge thing. And then when I, I started doing other things, when I started going to Bible school, I did at half time. So I did Bible school on the, uh, from morning to lunch and then my regular job from lunch to to the evening and then I started actually doing, I got to know a guy who did freelance work audio wise, which I started doing. And after a couple of years, I've transitioned into doing lighting and other stuff, uh, freelance and on the side of my regular job. And then we did the Swedish gurus thing and yeah, it's been a lot, but it's been really, really fun. And yeah. I have to go back to a little thing you said, you said it was really fun. No, you used another word when the first time we met you. I mean, I'm an introvert as everyone else in this community. <laughs> so going up to the the huge, not Philo, Mr. Philo then, but the huge Todd Elliott main speaker at Gurus uh -huh. was terrifying. I, w I was actually I was, impressed that you had the guts to do it. Yeah, yeah. I was like, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. We have to go and say hi. I was terrified. I mean, sweating when I got up to you and said, hello, my name is Johan. I'm from Sweden. This is a lanyard with our logo on it. Would you maybe come to Sweden sometime? <laughs> I was impressed that I got words out of my mouth. At that yeah. Time. Yeah, that was hilarious. I think I still have that lanyard and it had a USB thing in it, as I remember. <laughs> the world's slowest USB yeah, memory. Four gigabytes <laughs> drive slowest, yeah. with some uh, background lyric stuff on it yeah it's really fun for me it was so interesting to meet you guys because the the thing that philo became was something that i was always feeling was needed in my own life and i mean i guess the people that were near me i don't know if they were feeling it in the same way that i was but i was like hey i'm doing this and let's do this together and and then just the awareness that oh this is not just uh people near me but this is a kind of a universal need and especially meeting you guys, like, oh, they're doing the same thing in Sweden. And, the, you know, just because it's on the other side of the, you know, the ocean and they speak Swedish doesn't make the tech people any different than any other tech people anywhere. No. Yeah, I mean, the first time we went to, to Gurus at that point in uh, 2013, one of the biggest churches that we attend in Sweden seats at that time, two and a half thousand people or something like that. Sure, yeah. And if I remember correctly, we were like one and a half thousand people at the Gurus conference, something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And all techies. Yeah. I was blown away because we had no idea what we were going into. Uh -huh. And just setting our foot at Willow, which is amazing. It was like a couple of months after we had our first yeah. conference. Okay. We had like 40, 45, 45. attendees or something. Yep. And the great thing that to see about it was that we, we got to this really big conference. It was really about the same thing. Yeah. We had the same heart. I think I remember uh, 
pieces of your talk that uh, that conference. I'm like, mm. yeah, this is kind of the same thing that I talked about a couple <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> and I've never met you. I hadn't heard you you speak. I hadn't. Mm-hmm. I did not know what Gurus of Tech was. It was that was all. Yon's part. I was like, I, we need to do this. We need to mm. try to get other people connected because we need it ourselves. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, like you said, we're, we are doing this now. If anyone wants to come, welcome. Let's see how, how <laughs> many show up. Yeah. And well, we've been writing that ever since. Yeah. Was there anything in particular that sort of got you to the point where, you know, where you said, we need to do this? Alden and me has a saying that we have lived on for quite some time. Yeah. It's, we do things that we, me, myself, would like to attend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if I feel the need that we need to have a conference for techies, that's probably rooted in me because I want to go to something like that yeah. and I don't know anything about it. So we make it happen ourselves. Uh, same thing with the youth ministry. We had the and, same idea when we started our youth ministry, yeah. Okay. It's like, we want to make a youth meeting that we would like to attend ourselves. Uh-huh. So we exactly. make it fun. We make it happen. We make it all about Jesus in the end. And, and that's about it. And we had the same idea when it came to the Gurus of Tech. We want to attend this type of conference. No one else is doing it in our country. So yeah. we'll just have to make it ourselves. And we make it up as we go. Yeah. Well, it <laughs> turned out great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the good thing about it is that we did our own conference like a month before the Guru's conference. So we just got confirmation that we were on the right track mm. when we showed up. It's a little bit bigger, but as all <laughs> it's a lot same, same heart. <laughs> same. Yeah, I would think that, you know, based on the size of Sweden and the number of churches and the number of churches that would have tech people, you know, that it's probably a similar size when you factor all those types of things yeah, in. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. yeah. Yeah, and how did you, I mean, how did you even find out about coming to Gurus of Tech that year? I mean, all the way from Sweden. I would say I've had I've been listening to podcasts for a couple of years. Okay. Like tech podcasts, like Church Tech Weekly. Oh, right, yeah. Church Tech Talks. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the really old crew. Yeah. The Gurus crews. Oh, yeah, yeah. And... A couple of other podcasts, but there were no really good recordings from the conferences, mm-hmm. except some video, small video things. Right. So we didn't really know what we were getting ourselves into. Okay. And it was a little bit weird because in Sweden we don't have, I mean, we maybe have a handful of people that are getting paid to do church tech in Sweden. Right. Overall. So everyone is doing it voluntarily. Yeah. Which is a little bit weird listening to all the podcasts where everyone gets paid to do it right if they talk english so that's that's kind of weird because we didn't really feel connected Hmm. before we went to the conference before we got to gurus and really saw the heart of everyone there Hmm. just soaking in everything and then going home to their churches and doing their own thing yeah which is amazing so if you're don't know what Philo conference is, you have to go to it. <laughs> I would say that's one of the, the key things why we started our own thing. And then just when we decided that we were going to start a network, mm-hmm. we were actually at a uh, summer conference, a Pentecostal conference in Sweden mm-hmm. with like 10, 15,000 people oh, wow. and a huge like circus tent 
with all the meetings in it. And we were sitting in a caravan one late night and we're like, how do we do a community where we actually have a reason to go and say hi to the sound engineer? Because hmm. he was a little bit terrifying. He was a little bit older than us. He did it professionally. We yeah. did not. What makes me allowed to go and talk to him uh -huh. and why? So that's the main reason why we wanted to connect people by doing a network. Yeah, yeah. So you you are saying that you wanted to be intimidating yourself? Or... <laughs> <laughs> it actually happens a couple of times. If some sound guy or tech guy from church see us come to a meeting, you can see they, oh, look, now we need to... Oh, uh, but the gurus is here. Get, get the gurus guys is here. Yeah. Get, get a grip about, uh, on things because <laughs> the Swedish gurus guys are here. I'm like, yeah. no, you probably do this better than I do. <laughs> <laughs> Although I have to say, like having been to your church, it's a pretty sick little setup you guys have going on there. I mean, yeah. there aren't too many churches of 100 people that have a, you have a grand MA PC. Yeah. 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 And uh, do you have an X32 or no, had maybe? Chains that we had. Yeah. Okay. So now we have a Soundcraft VI1. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And the uh, MA2 on PC with the fader wing. Yeah, yeah. And then the huge setup with ProPresenter and how many? Five projectors now? Yeah. So there's four yeah. on, the, on the front and the fold back. I'm trying to, I'm, I'm experimenting with pushing ProPresenter 7 to the limits. But okay. <laughs> I haven't found it yet. I haven't found it yet. It's, really, found it's a really competent program <laughs> man well so one of the things just for those of you who haven't been there there's like two side screens and then a yeah. center screen that's double wide yeah that's uh edge blended in a very special unique way is it still kind of the same yeah since pro presenter we do it with software but okay since pro 7 we do it with software software okay yeah. but you couldn't with, do that with pro 6 no okay pro, so we have little... pro 6 did not have it a little metal um, metal stick in front of the yeah, it's uh, like projector. a pencil size. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was so you optically <laughs> change the gratings on the side, and yeah. then we edge blend them together. Yeah, no, it looks amazing. I mean, if you don't have any money, you gotta spend the time. Yeah, that's right. It's. I mean, I think having budget constraints leads to creativity. So it does. Yeah, I love it. it does and I would say in your situation, that definitely <laughs> that coming up with that how to do that edge blending looks amazing. Like I said, not many churches of 100 people are uh, doing a double-wide projection. So I guess I'd be curious, just like as you think about the connections that have formed because of Swedish gurus and the, you know, the people that you know now or that know each other, like what have you seen as kind of the, the benefits of creating the network and what you've seen in the local church as a result of pouring into the lives of tech people? Oh, I would say the pandemic. Hmm. For yeah, sure. The, we we heard we we had a podcast with the pastor a couple of years ago. And that was like in the middle of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And we were a little bit sad because we weren't able to do the conference. We weren't able to um, talk to each other and, and meet each other on a regular basis like we would like to as mm -hmm. techies. And we didn't feel that we had a momentum. We, we felt that we loosed a little bit of the momentum of growing the network mm -hmm. because of the the restriction and we couldn't do the conference. And this pastor just looked into my eye and said, but what you have done this last, the last seven years is building up to this m very mm -hmm. moment. Okay. 
Because if you guys haven't hadn't done the network and all the training and all the encouragement to all the tech guys, we wouldn't be able to do church during the pandemic. Hmm. And when he said that, it was like a light switch in my head going on. And I was like, oh, that's why. Hmm. So just looking at the timing of everything, when we started, how we connected to you guys in the States, how we grew the network from 45 people, the first conference, to having a really good chat group on Facebook with over 2,000 Swedish tech guys. Oh, wow. Uh, and having the, the yearly conference with 200, 250 people. That was amazing. And it was surgically correct for mm. the, the situation we were going to be in during the pandemic in Sweden, which is really nice looking back to. Yeah, I hadn't thought about it in that way. I was like, I was bummed that we were losing momentum. I was like, our network isn't growing in that sense anymore. And and this guy was like, well, you kind of prepared over 1,500 churches to do mm. <laughs> webcastings because now they have someone they can ask. Yeah. So that was, I just felt like, all right, God was using us for something that we never planned for. Yeah. And of course he knew what was coming. Right, right. And I've also seen a, a bunch of leaders pop up that take this, like they transition from being just a tech person to a leader of tech people. Hmm. And that actually like come up to say, come up to us and say, I, I do this because you taught us the leadership things. Mm. You you taught us, you inspired us to help other people grow instead of just doing our own stuff. Yeah. And and that that helped a lot of separate groups and, and separate churches or collections of churches or, or other church networks just to be better at what they do. And I think a lot of them have more fun doing the stuff that they like to do because yeah, yeah. of the like the like the community part of it is becoming more and more important. When I think about these guys, I'm, I'm like, I'm happy. I'm really happy that they are growing that in that sense and in that direction. It's really nice to see. Yeah. Just having someone to call or someone to talk to. Yeah. There are a couple moments I think about where I would just call. I had somebody's phone number who worked at a bigger church than me. And, you know, he would pick up the phone every time I called and I would ask questions and he sometimes had answers and sometimes didn't have answers. But even that was so helpful to know that, well, maybe there isn't an answer for this, or if there is, nobody knows yet. Even that was such an encouragement to me to, you know, that to keep going because somebody further down the road has experienced it and I get a chance to talk to that person. Yeah. As we've talked about, your church is not big. It's not maybe the most cutting edge place on the planet. Like, how did you feel I mean, in some ways it is, some ways it isn't, but how did you feel about, you know, starting something or reaching out to others? You know, you're just thinking about what is it, Philadelphia church in Stockholm, that's, you know, kind of the the big place to connect with those people that are, you know, doing more and know more. And, you know, was that intimidating to you or did you just feel like, hey, this is something we need, we're starting it and it doesn't matter what what anybody thinks? I think there's still churches in Sweden that just look at us and go like, oh, <laughs> they don't know what they're doing or, or whatever. <laughs> and that's that's perfectly fine. I'm not <laughs> the best at what I do. I think I do what God wants me to do. Mm. And I think that 
because of our size being not that not that large, we can help a lot of other smaller churches. Mm-hmm. I think the average church in Sweden is like 200 members maybe, okay. which means an attendance of like 120 or something. Sure. If the Philadelphia church or some of the larger churches would have done this kind of conference, it would have been a lot of people thinking, oh, that's just a big church. They have this big budget. They have people. They have competent people. We're just we're just regular guys trying our best. Mm-hmm. But when people understand where we come from, uh, we can tell the story about how we set up our edge blending with like two metal clips or whatever. <laughs> they can look at us and go, well, if you could do this, we could probably do it as well. Mm-hmm. And we might be able to scrape up a few uh, Swedish kroners or dollars and, and invest in it ourselves and, and make it happen. Right. I think that shines through. And mm-hmm. I think that when people see our, I don't want to toot my own horn, but our heart for the kingdom, our heart for the church, yeah. I think they just get past that. We want people to be good at what they do so that the gospel of Jesus Christ could be known to more people. Mm-hmm. We don't really care about your music style. We don't care <laughs> whether you're do, you do hymns or, or if you do contemporary music or whatever. We want you to be the best that you can be because mm-hmm. your church needs you to be the best that you can be. And if that can help your church, it will probably lead to more people knowing Jesus. And that's a good thing. Yeah. So that's just, that's just what keeps us going, I think. Mm-hmm. It's not about the tech stuff, really. It's about people and it's about people getting to know Christ, really. Because, I mean, Sweden is not a church country anymore. We used mm-hmm. to be, but we're not. And we need to change that. And if we're going to be able to do that, we have to use everything we've got, I think. Yeah. It's one of the things that I think about a lot is that the size of your church or your budget or what kind of gear you have. I mean, I think we're all in different places. We'll never all be the same everywhere. No. And so part of it is what's the secret to, you know, doing production well? You know, a big part of it is learning to use what I have uh, the best I can. And and maybe along the way, learning how to be the best version of myself, which then will lead to how I interact with musicians or my pastor, you know, and so, yeah, while the gear is important and knowing how to use it and even having a chance to play with a couple of metal paper clips to get an edge blend thing, you know, there's something fun and that's stretching our minds and, and all that. And that, that's a good thing, but yeah, when it comes down to it, it's about being the best version of yourself today, where you are with what you have. And that's what really matters. So, and even thinking about Swedish gurus, 40 people, 200 people attending, you know, it's like, are people walking away better than they, than they came? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. One of the, the best feelings I have when I, I think about the, the whole thing with the network, every week I get questions about mixers and the speakers and everything like that. And that, that's fun. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But the most excited I'm getting is when someone, which doesn't happen a lot, but it it still happens frequently, mm-hmm. is when someone sends me a message and says, how do I get a better team culture? Mm-hmm. Or how do I be a better leader for my tech team or something mm-hmm. like that? So that actually happened a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. 
and I went down to the the post office and sent him some book about some something about I hate some holidays something <laughs> something. Uh, and he was excited. He was really really excited. Shameless plug. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but as he saw it, the network was a tech thing, mm-hmm. and I would say the network is more like. 70-30 gear than everything else about the kingdom is the yeah. rest and that's the most important thing yeah people is the 70 percent yeah which makes me really happy when someone asks how do i do this with my team or how do i connect better with the leadership of the church and how do i see the the vision for the church and how do i do something technical with that mm-hmm that's the really, really nice thing about yeah. connecting on this level with all these tech guys that you know are in line with with what you want to do with the, the church. Yeah, I guess the, the tech part of it, just the reason to get people gathered up and then we really just want to talk about how to be a better leader or how to be a better Christian or yeah. how, to, how to use your gifts in the way that God intended you to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's good it's good to know your gear, of course. But God might put you in a place where you barely have no gear. Yeah. And then what what are you going to do if you if you connect your life to your gear, you're going to be miserable. Right. Uh, <laughs> I think that's an important important thing to to think about. Yeah. Who would I be if I'm not doing tech in church? Would I even attend or would I just sit at home and and watch some others stuff and criticize it or would I would I be a part of it? <laughs> no tech people do that. But we do. It's okay. <laughs> what? You can uh, you can't switch the production brain off. If you if you get, yeah. attend something like, all right, that lead screen is busted and they're not doing that and, and why in on earth did they do this? <laughs> yeah. My wife got used to it when we would go to concerts or whatever that yeah. I'm gonna criticize or at least want to go talk to the the audio engineer and find out what's going on but i've actually got my wife now to to look at all the gear when we come into a church so we were at this conference a couple of weeks ago and like 10 15 minutes into the first meeting she was like do i recognize those lamps <laughs> so i've i've messed her brain up really bad yeah 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 she can't go to church the same way ever again no no <laughs> And she's not a tech gear. I think it's like if you attended like Bible school or or uh, if you learned how to preach, like the techniques and how to big, yeah. give public speeches, you can't really listen. You, oh, you have to like make an effort to listen to the message, not the right. technique that's being delivered. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we're, we have the same thing as, as tech guys. We're like, all right, we're production people. That's five seconds too long or, or <laughs> yeah. whatever. And we need to make the effort to connect with the message of church sometimes, yeah. I think, uh, instead of just getting stuck in our in our mindset. Yeah. The story of Mary and Martha inviting Jesus to their house. And Martha is so wrapped up in the things that need to get done for Jesus that she loses the opportunity to be with him. You know, he's yeah. in her house, but she's too worried about all the other things that need to be done. And I think for us, it's a similar thing that we can get so wrapped up in what we're doing and doing it to the very best for good reasons that we really close ourselves off to what Jesus wants to do in our own lives. Hmm. Which is also one of the reasons that we we wanted to 
to do this conference. We want yeah. to make a space for people that, like us, serve in church every week. We don't get that many opportunities to to do that. Yeah. If, if you're serving behind the pro presenter or, or your soundboard or whatever, you can't disconnect from that and just connect with with uh, the service for 100%. You need yeah. to keep one eye open. Yeah. You can't close both <laughs> your eyes and, and raise both your hands in worship. That just won't work. Right. Maybe you need a foot switch. Well, yeah, you can, you can manage something. You can, you can figure it out. But I think we wanted to make a space for, for people like us to, to experience church mm. without having to do all of the other stuff, yeah. which is exactly the same as Philo. Yeah. The Philo conference is actually one of the, one of the best places for me and Joan to just get fueled up. I think we need that trip mm. uh, across the ocean once yeah. a year just to keep ourselves healthy in some yeah. way. Yeah. Right, right. Because we need we need a couple of moments where we don't have to worry about anything. We can just be in a room full with people that feel the same way, like they have the same struggles. They know yeah. uh, everything about that. And then we can just, just connect with what God wants us to connect with at, yeah. at that time. Yeah. I was in a meeting earlier today and I don't know how exactly we got on the subject, but it just dawned on me that so much of the things that we're doing as technicians in the local church are so new to the history of the church. Like we, we haven't been around that long. You know, we don't have a whole lot of historical data on how it should be or the effects of working so many hours or, you know, just the challenges that we face as technical people in the yeah. church that, you know, on some level, the things that you're doing there and the things that Philo are trying to do, trying to turn it, you know, away from it being all about the doing and how do we create a healthy existence for, for our teams to be doing things, but also not getting so wrapped up in the doing that they forget about how to be human and how to follow Christ beyond faders and, and graphics and that sort of thing. And so it'll be interesting for me just to think about what is the, what's the long-term future trajectory of our people uh, going to look like. Yeah, that's a really, an, it's an interesting thought. Yeah. Um, it may, may be a dangerous thought as well. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so when I joined the staff of a church back in the early 90s, you know, I didn't know too many people like me. And so I've been around it for not the whole history of it, but I mean, a good chunk of it. And, you know, we certainly, we didn't have anything figured out then. And it feels like, you know, churches have copied one another and like, well, we got to go in this direction. And so hiring people. And I think the tech people don't totally know what it should be. And the people in charge don't know what it should be. And just these conversations of creating some kind of a space for our people to connect with Jesus is such a important part that I've just come off a, a really big event. And I, the last two weeks, all I've been doing is working. You know, I, my spiritual practices are out the window. My exercise practices out the window. The email is piling up. And and I think it's just real easy to get into that rhythm, just not yeah. thinking about anything else, just doing. And I think it's it can be very dangerous to to live life that way. Of of course, that's I think that's how you drown. Yeah. Um, in life, you don't you don't get to live it. You just try to stay floating or something. Yeah, I probably lived a good number of years thinking that somebody was making it that way, 
for me. And the reality is that I had more control over it than I had imagined. And so it's my own, not that all, it's all up to me, but uh, there's a lot of things that I, I'm the one who has to create the boundaries to live a healthier existence, not just yeah. somebody making them for me. Well, I think, I think that's a, it's a challenge for, for church leadership as well. And it doesn't really matter if you're, if you're on staff or if you're a volunteer, what, what boundaries are or what demands are you pushing as a leader on your, your staff or your mm -hmm. volunteers? What do you expect from them? What, what are you, how do you get them to be closer to Jesus? I don't know. I th I'm starting to think about if we hire people as a worship leader or as a pastor, we kind of expect them to have a certain spiritual level or, or whatever you might say. Sure. What, what level are we expected to have as church tech leaders? <laughs> How much of, of, of Jesus is supposed to be visible in our lives right. before we get to, to be hired by a church? We're not an, an event uh, organization, we're a church. Yeah. And, and how do we let that kind of shape our lives? I think, yeah, I think that's something that we, we as a community might have to get talking about, or I think we are, we're having this conversation now and, and yeah. I know other people are having as well. Yeah. But we really should start seeing ourselves as ministers, not just tech people. We're, we're doing God's work in a way. And, and if they don't have the spiritual maturity of being mm -hmm. a leader in church, I think you should, you should try to get that. You should try to, to shape up as a person. And at least I'm thinking about myself. If I wasn't a, a leader in church, I wouldn't want to have myself as a tech guy. I want mm. my tech people, <laughs> I want my tech people to be filled with the spirit. I want them to, to love Jesus. I want them to mm -hmm. be a to buy into what we're doing. Yeah. Of course, the tech ministry can be a, a way into church as well, but the people leading that needs to have the right mindset, I think. Yeah. Because uh, we are, we're not just any organization, we're churches. Yeah. That, that has to mean something. Yeah. You know, if you have the skill, that that's enough of a reason to be involved. And maybe it's the first step, yep. like you were saying, but if it stays there, then there's, yeah, something wrong. Well, I guess if mm. if it just stays there's there's got to be other places that's more fun to work at than right. church. <laughs> I, I don't really know that, but I, I'm just guessing. Yohan, you were talking about hearing from somebody that they're asking leadership type questions to shift from how can I get better as an audio engineer to how can I help others get better as an audio engineer? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's such a huge mind shift and one that the church needs. Whereas I think if you're outside the church, in a lot of ways, my job is to be the best I can be and not worry so much about other people. But And maybe that's part of what makes being a tech person in the local church so much more complicated and difficult is that the goal is to involve people and to pull people into the ministry of the church through right. technology. And that takes effort that beyond learning to mix or run lights or run Pro yeah. Center, but how do I teach others to do it? And how do I create a community where this is what we're doing together? No wonder it's so hard. <laughs> well, if someone <laughs> figures it out how to do that, they might just give me a call, could they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if you're listening to this podcast and you have the answers, please yeah. reach out to philopodcast at philo.org. We'll, we'll take the answers. That's a real, that, that would be a really interesting <laughs> conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. I, I saw somebody post something recently about, 
hey, I'm having a strange dilemma. It was a multi-campus church. I have one campus that we have five positions on a weekend that we need, and we have 35 volunteers. And, you know, so they're only serving every seven weeks or something. What do I do about having too many volunteers? And I just started laughing to myself because... I don't think I've ever heard that before. <laughs> you bless other churches with your volunteers. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think he was even working on do I just create do I create new new roles for people and expand yeah. kind of what the the team is able to do. But yeah, having too many volunteers is not something I've ever dealt with. That's a good problem. <laughs> the thing about having a volunteer team is you have either not enough or exactly the right amount, because if you don't have something for people to do, then they won't be serving. So, but you never have yeah. a surplus. Cool. Any uh, final thoughts as a, somebody who's come to the Philo Conference, as somebody that's, you know, you're doing production work in the local church, but in a different country, anything you would say to the American tech person? I'm guessing that's a, a large percentage of the people listening today. Yeah. Any words of advice you would have from, from your perspective? Just remember... Like we talked about, remember who you're doing this, just not for, but you're actually doing it with mm. Jesus. Just remember that. Try to keep your eyes on him as well, not just what you're doing. Mm. Keep up the good work. <laughs> I mean, we're, we need encouragement. We need, we need to understand that we're not alone, but we also need to just push each other. Come on, we, mm -hmm. we, can, be, we can be better. We can do this the right way, not just take shortcuts. We can do this the proper way, mm. uh, the way that God intended us to do it. I think that's what I would like to just pass along. I don't know yeah. what, what it would mean for for the individual listening, but that's good. Johan, anything? Yeah, we have to say thank you to everyone who's done a podcast that I've been listening to for the last like fifteen years or something like that. Because <laughs> otherwise, we in Sweden wouldn't be where we are today. Mm. So I mean, thank you to all the Americans that do great and cool works, but. Also, like we talked about earlier, go to a conference. Maybe not near you because it's not near us. <laughs> um, I mean, for us, it's worth flying over the Atlantic just to go to the Philo Conference, mm. to be the silent guy in the uh, in the auditorium, seeing everyone else. I mean, we get we get a few minutes looking at all the gear, and then the rest is just me and Jesus. Mm which is amazing, just to mm. refill for the whole year. Yeah. So, I mean, all the we have been on all the Philo conferences that has been in uh, Chicago, which every year is amazing. Mm. Just to meet everyone, yeah, even if I'm an introvert, it's still <laughs> really fun to talk gear and all you can you can recharge standing in the corner just looking yeah, out exactly. on all the people. <laughs> exactly. I mean, we were kind of tired this year when we were yeah. over me and Albin <laughs> there was a lot going on this spring so but just being there seeing everyone else it's still it's worth it refills it's worth it. the energy yeah mm. definitely so good yeah so we're what are we nine months away we'll get to see each other in a short yeah. nine months yes. we already booked the tickets <laughs> yeah we bought the tickets we need to book the flights though but that's <laughs> yeah. No, but I've looked up it. So they they actually the airline we travel with actually released tickets for May now. So okay, but didn't they pause the direct flights Stockholm to Chicago? Yeah, but they're starting again. Okay, great. 
I was so afraid that we had to do a layover. That was horrible. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean it's only an eight, eight and a half hour flight yeah, yeah. from Stockholm to Chicago. So it's not that bad. Right. It's yeah. definitely worth it. Though, so it doesn't matter where you are in the, the world, go to Chicago. Hmm. Try to find a Swedish guy that won't talk to anyone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Except when yeah. he's really terrified and sweaty. Yeah. <laughs> and say hi. I yeah. will say hi back. Yeah. So I was gonna say, look for the guy not talking to anyone yeah. with a beard. That could be yeah. like half the yeah. audience right there. So <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Just grab one. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. so good. Go to Philo, find a friend. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. Thank you guys for making time. It's always good to see you. And until uh, May, hopefully, yeah. yeah, we'll connect again. Thank Definitely. you for having us, Don. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. One of my favorite parts about talking with Alban and Johan is that they're doing this together. There's something really important about supporting each other and not feeling alone. It's a lot of why the Philo community exists. And I think they're really a great example of how to support each other. You know, what we do is unlike anything else. And I think it's so important to encourage each other to find all the good stuff that's happening and telling each other about it. And, you know, from my limited American perspective, knowing my brothers from Sweden, they're just like every other tech person I know on some level. You know, they understand the technical side of what we all do, but they also know how important it is for relationships and following Christ and to, yeah, just support each other. You know, for the things that nobody else notices, you know, in our world, everybody kind of expects no mistakes, which is perfection. And so we only get talked to when things are going wrong. And I think I just love that we get a chance to point out the things that went well because we see it. And so I would just encourage you, make sure you're pointing out the good things that are happening on your team. And for those of you who are wishing that you had someone else to understand your world, we've got Philo cohorts, which are designed to help you not feel alone. They connect you with other people, who deal with the same challenges that you do. And we've just started a new round of cohorts, but we also have another one starting soon. So you can check out philo.org coaching and sign up for the waiting list to be alerted when registration opens for the next round of Philo cohorts. All right, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at, at Philo Community. And you can think about subscribing to our podcast or newsletter to get all the alerts on the newest offerings from Philo. So until next time, thanks for joining us. Bye.